The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. First, though, I want to welcome Paul Williams to the show, the crime journalist with the Irish Independent, because all this week we are looking back on some of the stories that mattered most in 2023, and chief amongst them was the trial and ultimate acquittal of Jerry the Monk Hutch the murder of David Byrne at a boxing event weigh-in at the Regency Hotel in 2016. Paul, you're welcome to the show. So remind us briefly about the background of this. How, how did the monk find himself in the dock? I don't care. And in fact, the monk, I'd say this Christmas, will be thanking Santa Claus more than any of the children of the your show today. I can tell you now, thanks to the DPP and probably one of the most discredited supergraphs in the history of the state. Basically, in a nutshell, this all goes back to the Regency Hotel attack that took place on the uh, 2nd or 3rd of February in 2016 when an attempt was made by the Hutch organised crime gang to wipe out the leaders of the so-called Kinnahan and Byrne cartel, a criminal cartel, namely Daniel Kinnahan and Ian Byrne and their associates. That resulted in was one of the most audacious criminal acts ever witnessed in this state when a five-member hit team went into the, the Regency Hotel to dressed up disguised as a couple. The other three dressed very dramatically uh, as, as members of the Garda SWAT team and carrying AK-47s. And they managed, in the end, to just catch one member of the gang, and that was David Byrne, Liam Byrne's brother. Now, following that investigation, how basically Jerry Hutch gets into the frame, it was well known in intelligence circles who was this feud was brewing because, remember, uh, Several months earlier, the Kinahan gang had reneged on the deed they did with the monk and his brother Patsy to save the life of Patsy's son, Gary, um, who was then subsequently murdered. Uh, they double-crossed him and murdered him in Spain in September of the previous year. Then they went to try and kill Jerry Hutch on New Year's Eve in Lanzarote. And they were trying to the new thing on a one line, a one, uh, you know, on a collision course that was going to be pretty catastrophic. They didn't expect that it would blow up in the way it did. Now, in the in the aftermath of that crime, then obviously they were looking very closely at what was going on between the Hutches and their associates. And one of the first things they discovered that one of the killers, one of the hitmen, was a guy called Flatcap, Kevin Murray. He was known as Flatcap. He was photographed by the Sunday World leaving the scene with a gun in his hand. He has since died. Um, but he was a, an IRA member from uh, Stravan. Now, it turned out that the room he was in was booked in the name of Patrick Dowdall, who um, was the father, or is the father of Jonathan Dowdall, a former Sinn Féin county councillor, or city councillor, and that therefore then put the eye on Dowdall. The surveillance basically started watching Dowdall, they started booking his phones and stuff like that, then they realised his big connection with himself and Jerry Hutch, and they realised and get intelligence that himself and Hutch have travelled at least once in Northern Ireland. They believe intelligence sources said to, to, to meet the IRA, to discuss ending the feud. And so in the process, they bug a vehicle, <clears throat> uh, a jeep owned by Jonathan Dowdall. Mm. And Jonathan Dowdall and Jerry Hutch take this famous trip uh, that lasts several hours. It, it, ended, it resulted in 10 hours of taped conversations at least. There was more than that. <clears throat> and they travelled to... Uh, Belfast over and across over to Strabane to meet different members of the real IRA and the continuity IRA or whatever the IRA you want because there's so many different IRAs but they're all the one. Um, so and this was to discuss and to discuss how they were going to resolve the problem and get the IRA in on their side. Now those ten hours that we listened to it during the trial of Jerry Hutch subsequently, Kieran gives a remarkable uh, insight into the thinking and the uh, yeah. of Gerard Hutch, one of the most enigmatic gangsters in the history of the state. 
uh, at the time. And it was clear when you listened to it that he felt that he was probably, you could see, uh, you could hear the desperation that was there because he wanted, at this stage, his brother had been murdered. And shortly after this particular trip to the north, his best friend was murdered. And we know that a total of 18 people were murdered from the beginning to the end of this this feud. So he was prepared to do anything. And one of the things he said on the tape was that the AK-47s, which were used by this by the hip team, he was going to throw them up as his line to them, as into the real IRA, as a present. So that when the IRA would use them to kill or shoot a PSNI officer, a prison officer, whoever else, that then these guns forensically would be connected to the IRA and therefore would put the guards off the scent and also more significantly put the Kinnans off the scent. And this was the kind of, when you look at it, in, you know, analyze it afterwards, you think it was a little bit naive at the time. But all of this was contained on the tape. So we, we, we begin to know about this in 2016, the whisper in the, in the sort of crime community is with regards to the tape. It took until... 2020 for the guards to finish their, their, their file to the DPP. The DPP decides to charge Gerald Hutch with one count of murder, David Byrne. And this is where it gets, where Jerry Hutch's look begins to change. Um, they decide to charge him, like he, he, yourself and myself and Tyler Brannock uh, back there in Utah could be involved in the murder of somebody. I pull the trigger, you two guys, one of you helps me get rid of the weapon and Tyler um, drives the car, right? The getaway car. All three of us are, can be charged with murder and common design, you know, mm. a common purpose. Um, in this particular case, so it looked like at the start when they issued charges against Hutch in early 2021 that it was murder, that it was involved in the overall trash to murder David Byrne. Then, by just before his trial comes up, um, we discover Jonathan Dowdall pleads guilty to a lesser charge of being involved in helping an organized crime gang organize the shooting at the Regency Hotel. And we begin to realize, hang on a minute, he's become, and I remember talking to you about this many times, Jane, we were trying to speak between the lines. Uh, we couldn't say it explicitly at the time, but we all knew that he was probably going to become a supergrass, but you couldn't say it. He decides to become a supergrass and become a state witness at the very last moment before the trial starts. And then it becomes, as we call it, the gangland trial of the century. And he then... Decide, tells the guardian two main pieces of information. One, he can collaborate everything that's on these 10 hours of tapes that were played in court. But the two, two specific allegations he came up with was one, just in the immediate aftermath, mm. and this is just before his brother was murdered, Jerry Gowdell alleged that Jerry Hutch met him in Whitehall, where Jerry Hutch was in a very upset sort of state, which is uncharacteristic as, for him as, as well. And he said, look, that young lad shouldn't have died as a young burn. And he said, I was one of the fellows who got up and shot. I was one of the shooting team. And at that stage, then, the, the state decides, <clears throat> remember, <clears throat> the state only charged him with murder. So they decide to get much more specific in their, in their, uh, uh, their charge against, yeah. uh, on the case against Hutch. They specifically say he was one of the three armed men who went in with the AK-47s and, and shot burn and shot up the place. And that's, Basically, what they did was to put all their eggs in one basket. That became then, when the, the trial continued on before the Special Criminal Court, that became a major problem for the state. So, ultimately, I mean, he, he, he walked free. So, I mean, what, what's the... Is there, is there a legacy to this case? Is there a consequence beyond those kind of remarkable insights we had into... Uh, into the monk and into actually the, the Gardaí and how they investigate these types of crimes as well. I think that whole thing was fascinating. 
I know I cut short there because I, I, I thought I was going to really, but it, it, there were a number of things happened. First of all, that Dowder gave evidence was the most extraordinary evidence um, I'd certainly ever heard or anybody has ever heard in a, in a court. And the judges did not, when, in their, in their, when they brought back their, when they came back with their judgment and their verdict in April, they could not hide their utter and utter disdain and revulsion for Dowder, who, you know, they said, described him as ruthless, ba- a ruthless, base, callous criminal. Um, they reviewed the CCTV footage of the actual murder and found that the, the monk was simply too old, even though he was quite a fit dude at the time. Uh, he, was, he, was, he, couldn't, he was too old to be one of the killers, uh, they found as well. But they found that Dowdall told lies. Now, a number of things came out of that. One was there, there was a lot of recriminations went on behind the scenes. First of all, because the Guardian had to expose and reveal part of their most important and most treasured Secrets, which is basically their field craft and how to carry on a major investigation, which involves bugging cars and Vegas. And then all the surveillance cops had to be pulled into court, which left them in a very uncomfortable position. Um, the other thing was, and this was the question everybody was asking, and it didn't take barristers or experienced lawyers or experienced cops to demand on the street when I bumped into them in my local pub were asking me these questions. You know, how can they possibly claim this, that, the other? Because Dowdell was such a discredited liar and a perjurer and a general all-around, you know, low-life, um, uh, you couldn't trust a word out of his mouth. Now, the other question then was, based on the tape that the state had of Jerry Hutch, the more, one of the most powerful crime lords in the history of organized crime in Ireland, why they didn't charge him with possession of firearms? He clearly and unambiguously in the tapes that the Gardaí obtained was talking about firearms that were used in a murder that, yeah. subsequently, uh, that were then seized. So there was very clear prima facie evidence that he was in charge of firearms. It was also a very clear prima facie case there in evidence to say that he was a leader of an organized criminal group, which the court found, by the way, that the Hutch organized crime group, the OCG of the Hutch gang, um, was clearly involved and organized and orchestrated this outrage in the Regency Hotel. So at the end of it all, Jerry Hutch looked shocked uh, and surprised. Uh, and he had just literally marked his 60th birthday the week before. And um, he walked out of the court. Many felt, okay, a lot of people were very confident he would get away. I think he was stunned by the, the, the fact that he was so lucky. He was so lucky because the DPP, for some reason, and this is why I started at the beginning to thank Santa for this, the DPP, for some reason, decided, even though all this evidence was in these tapes, to not charge with these other events. Remember when John Gilligan Kieran, was brought before the courts for the murder of our colleague, Veronica Kieran, he was also charged with drug trafficking, and he was also charged with gun running, which was fortuitous because he was acquitted by the slimmest, uh, like, <laughs> the slimmest of, yeah. of, of margins uh, of Veronica's murder. Even the judges the, the judge said they believed that he was involved, but there wasn't enough evidence beyond all reason. But he was cleared of the gun running charges, but he wasn't cleared of the drug charges. So the same thing, that, so the logic, is, there is no logic in the state's case of this. So anyway, Jerry Hutch, the man they tried to catch, has walked free and will remain free. But after that then, uh, it becomes even more bizarre because there are sorts of rumblings and uh, recriminations within the law enforcement community, yeah. and quite rightly so, as to why he wasn't charged with these, with these other crimes. But all of that then suddenly changes when within a couple of days, we discover that a member of GSOC, the Garda Shilakana Ombudsman Commission, 
actually ended up attending the homecoming party that was held for very much at his home in the paddock in Sunfar. <laughs> you know, I've uh, forgotten this. But listen, you know, you couldn't make this up here. It's amazing that, like, you, you, I, I, it's only when you reminded me of it, I think when you put it all together like this, it just sounds like an extraordinary yeah. story. It sounds a little bit Keystone Cops. But what it did was it pushed all the other uh, incipient uh, uh, controversy. And remember, it was boiling because the public were astounded. Like parts of the public would be ambivalent. We're all a bit ambivalent about Hutchie's that kind of criminal. That you know all the stuff that happened to him and his family. But you just can't walk into a bloody hotel and shoot people up. You can't be members of an organised crime gang and think you can get away with it. And the fact that he wasn't charged with the offences that were blatantly sitting in the face of, and and Ben Graham, uh, Hutch's brilliant uh, defence counsel, you know, said, you know, the, my client looks like he basically was admitted. You know, my client's, you know. It, I think the tapes are pretty damning. You know, he's clearly in control of these guns. But he felt famously and very yeah. dramatically in a flourish. And say, newsflash, newsflash, my client is not charged with those events. And even the judges, this is, uh, uh, this, this is Tara Burns, in her summation said, you know what, basically said, between, between the lines, there is enough evidence to charge him with these other events. But guess what? He wasn't here to be charged with that. So we must... Uh, basically find him guilty or innocent. We must, if we're going to find him guilty, we must be beyond all reasonable doubt. And you couldn't but have a doubt. And that's putting it mildly yeah. when you listen to Jonathan Dowdall's testimony. Yeah. So the bottom line was, it was a really, really bad day for the administration of criminal law and order and policing in this country. And in fact, yeah. uh, I would say this to you, Kieran, in bigger picture, this year, has been the year of, uh, you know, it's all about law and order. This was lawlessness and disorder. Yeah. The police are in a mess. You know, there's a bigger debate around that. But literally, I suppose, the woes of this particular year started with the Hutch trial, and everybody saw it coming. And it was a very embarrassing day, the day that the Regency Hotel attack took place, that journalists from the Irish Independent Group were there, and the police weren't yeah. there. Uh, Everybody expected something to happen. You had Daniel Kinnan, you know, the creme de de month of of scumbags in Ireland, international organised crime, arriving with his entourage in Dublin for this big weigh-in, and nobody thought it was worthwhile keeping an eye on who was there. And that that was several years ago, and as you say, uh, this year, uh, still dealing with some of those same uh, issues within Angarda Siakana and, and... uh, without as well in the Department of Justice and in terms of recruitment and all the knock-on effects. Uh, something we have talked about before. Something, Paul, we will talk about again. Uh, I'm sure Paul Williams, crime journalist with the Irish Independent, thank you for talking us through that story in such detail. And it was kind of remarkable just listening back uh, to it. I'd forgotten so many aspects. I had actually completely forgotten um, uh, uh, about that uh, GSOC member who had turned up at uh, the party with uh, the Hutch, uh, with the monk, Jerry Hutch, uh, in attendance as well. So uh, kind of a remarkable aspect of it that got all the attention at the time. But I guess so much happens in the year, it slips your mind, which is why these uh, conversations this week, looking back on the stories that mattered most, have been so interesting and will continue to be. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.